Thank you so much for listening to the Honey Creative Podcast. Today, my friend and fellow creative Ashley Graham is interviewing me. We talk about what it looks like to turn our passion into a profession, separating your value as a person from the quality or popularity of what you produce, how to stir up creativity when you're in a rut, and so much more. This was so much fun, and I really hope that it encourages you. Hey, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing so good. How are you? I am great. Kind of, you know, just getting through quarantining and and all of that. Amen to that. Absolutely. I was like, today I was like, wow, how long have I been in my house for? Right. (laughs) And my roommate said, it's been a month. And I'm like, oh my Lord. Like, I look around my room and I'm like, yep, that sounds about right. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, like I've been stepping on my laundry for how long now? And so I finally did laundry, and I think that's a victory for today. <laughs> that's that's a huge victory. That yeah, I know. How's it been with all the like? You have not all the kids. I mean, you have two. Yeah, <laughs> but it feels like lot. twenty though. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I, I bet, especially the ages that they are at. They're probably like so like. I need to get, be active or something. I don't know. Are they yes. running around the house or what's they that like? They are. They are. They're crazy. And the house is always a perpetual mess that I'm just running by and trying to clean up. I think I've given up though this week. A oh, that's bit. okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's a mess, but I, I just don't care right now. So I'm, hey, I'm who, there. Who's going to come over anyways? You know, no <laughs> exactly. one. No one. Exactly. Oh, no one can come over. So it's fine. But no, we got totally the bikes great. and that's helping. Oh, I so, bet. That's yeah. probably helping so much. It is. Oh, that's it's, good to hear. It's a good project. Yeah. So yeah. go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Ashley Graham. Um, don't mistake me for the model named Ashley Graham. <laughs> she, um, no one really does, but I say that anyways. Um, <laughs> I uh, work at Starbucks right now full time and awesome. that's a jam. That's It's a it's really fun. Uh, I have a really great team who I love. And yeah, I just, let's see, what else do I do? I love to, I've been running a lot lately. I like to work out. Um, I like to make videos. Yes. <laughs> um, they're unique. They're different every day. It's like, I try to keep a theme and the longest I've kept a theme is like, I did a quarantine vlog for 10 days Yeah, and that was a big deal for me, but now I'm like, oh, I should just do random things that I review or I should do random. I don't even know. So I do that in my free time. And that's pretty much it. Like, especially it's weird saying like now I'm like, well, it's quarantine. Like we're quarantined. So it's like, right. That's all I really get to do. But yeah, I, I'm, I love that I get to be here and hang out with you. This is so fun. Yeah, this is awesome. And I have to say, I love your videos. They are the funniest part of my day and just make me smile and make me feel so happy. And like, I I don't know, they're just so lighthearted. You never like (laughs) take yourself so seriously. And that just makes me so happy. I love that because I am not always like that. Sometimes I get a little too worried about taking myself seriously. So it's really great. I love it. Oh my gosh. That's really kind. I think I... I laugh. I'm like, who watches this? And if they watch it, they need to know who I am. So they don't think I'm mentally like insane, (laughs) but (laughs) like, you know, it's, it's good. It's good having, and you need to have like, I think the biggest thing for me is I, 
I started making them more when I had people who were in my corner, like saying like, Hey, you should do more of that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So it's been, it's been fun, but I'm excited because today we get to talk about you and your, you know, creative journey and all those types of things. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of excited. The tables are kind of being turned today because you're going to be interviewing me, which I I love. Yes, I know. I'm like very excited about this. Yeah. Yes, here we go. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this is the first time you've been interviewed probably in a long time, huh? Yeah, it has been a long time. So it's going to be great. I'm excited. Well, I feel like I'm in like a magazine interview. This is so exciting. <laughs> a local celebrity. I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing Nicole. Oh here. my gosh. Um, not even all right. Close. So today, guys, I wanted to talk to Nicole a little bit about how to be creative in your everyday life and even more so people who maybe don't even identify as creative. You know, I, um, I remember sitting down with you at a coffee shop, Starbucks. <laughs> who am I kidding? Course. It's not some, it's not some <laughs> cool like <laughs> aesthetic you know, coffee job at Starbucks. Um, but I remember talking to you about like, I think I am creative, but I'm really insecure about it. I don't know. And just um, hearing your story and how you processed that journey and how mm-hmm. you encourage other people and empower other people to do that is so um, encouraging. And I think something a lot of people need to hear, but I think um, even more so like I needed to hear it. And so I'm really thankful for that. So I just kind of wanted to ask you some questions about that. Yeah, and, you know, I think everyone can relate to these things. Hopefully the person who's, you know, already creating stuff, already have their own brand or whatever, or the person who's like, I don't even think there's a creative bone in my body. So, yeah. Yeah. So kind of what I want to talk about first off is I feel like there's a creative stereotype. Okay. And if I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like, you know, painters or yeah. like photographers or videographers, I always saw that as like, those people are the creative people. Mm-hmm. But do you mind kind of just breaking down stereotypes and talking about some creative people maybe you know, or you've seen that are creative in different kind of ways? Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, I think some of the most creative people are super administrative people. And I know that sounds mm. like totally not stereotypical um, creative, but that is like a level of creativity or at least like I don't know about level because I don't like to think of it as levels but an area (laughs) of creativity that I don't possess as much um Mm. so when someone is very just able to see a mess and create like order out of chaos like I think that's really amazing whether it is fully administrative or whether it looks more stereotypically creative Um, so I think that, I mean, ultimately the, I think the definition of creativity is really just kind of solving problems and, you know, Mm. creating something out of nothing. And I think people who are really like business oriented or understand, um, you know, being an entrepreneur and really diving into the parts that I would think are not very creative for myself that's extremely creative because they're able to tap into something that is solving a problem or seeing a need and being able to figure out a way to meet that need. And I just think that's really incredible. And it's, it's something that I try to work on, but definitely something that I don't naturally possess. So I really admire Mm -hmm. that in other people. Yeah, I would say a lot of problem solving. And I think leadership is the same way too, because 
you have to constantly be solving problems or be willing to be flexible or adjust because the people that you lead are all going to be different. So you have to kind of adjust to what they need. And if you can be able to do that and be a creative leader, I think that makes you the best kind of leader. So I think that would be non-stereotypical creativity that I would see. I've never actually seen it that way. That is so cool. I always like thought, you know, that was totally something else. Like, oh, maybe they're controlling or just have OCD. But no, <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. it's that's very true. Um, I liked what you said about how creativity, I might butcher this, but you said creativity solves problems. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That made me think, like, how do you believe and think that the stuff maybe you produce or like the creative outlets that you have, how does that help problem solve things or problem solve in the sense of whether you're creating something beautiful or something real and authentic? Yeah. Like how do you connect those two? Um, I mean, I see it very obviously in the marketing stuff that I do. So I work with small businesses to help them um, create a brand voice and to market their businesses on social media or Um, different platforms and so I think that's probably where it's like the most obvious where I see Mm. like hey here's our problem here's what we need to kind of um, what we need people to see or this is uh, the type of client that we need to market to and that kind of helps me see like okay that there's the the problem so to speak and this is what I need to do to um, meet that need or fix that problem specifically. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that um, that can come out creatively with um, just asking yourself, okay, so what does that specific client, if I can create that client in my head, what does that client want? What do they need? What emotional um, needs need to be met through this ad so that they will see themselves in it or see it as something that they resonate with. So, um, Mm. I would say with marketing, that is part of that with, um, with doing wedding photography. I think that is a, I would say the problem solving comes more with, um, oh, Hey, we ran super late. So now we don't have time to go to that location that we saw. So now we have this location that maybe isn't as pretty or, um, maybe the light is not as good. So now I have to problem solve. How am I going to still make this look awesome Mm -hmm. for my client? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, how am I going to create something that is, is super special for them? Or if you have uh, technical problems, um, there was a shoot recently, a video shoot where we were having technical problems with our audio equipment and we had to basically restructure the entire video in just a moment moment's notice and it was actually Jordan who was like hey what if instead of this idea we do this instead and it ended up saving the whole video and I think actually making it better so because of Mm, the problem that we faced we actually made it better than it would have been if we went with our original idea and so I think I think that idea of problem solving whether it's super obvious or not, it's just a common thread for creativity. And um, yeah, and I think for creative people tend to be good problem solvers. That's amazing. I love I love hearing those stories. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I, you spoke a little bit about kind of what you do. And I'm sure people who listen to this know what you do. But I just kind of want to hear a little bit more about your how your passion became your profession. And yeah. what has that 
what does that relationship look like? I mean, is there moments where you're working and you're maybe booked up and you feel the, the stress and you're grinding and you're like, Oh, I yeah. feel like doing this. <laughs> Do I even like this anymore? Yeah. You know, my this used to be my escape. And now this is my job. And there must be some really beautiful things about it, but also probably some really hard things about it. So do you mind shedding some light on that? Yeah. Um, so basically, I started out um, super random. I went to school to um, and got a degree in exercise science. So I was a personal trainer, like right out of high school for like seven years, did personal training. I wanted to be a chiropractor. And so my (laughs) whole, like for a little while, I wanted to be a professor. I wanted to do all these different things. And um, I know I didn't, I didn't think of myself as creative. I thought of myself as a scientist and um, I just really wanted to pursue that. And I, um, I, I guess it was when Jordan and I got married, we had a camera. We we ended up buying a camera because someone gave us a gift card to Target or something. And so we bought this cheap little camera and we had both done either video or photography in like high school and kind of college um, age yeah. and just kind of enjoyed that, but never really thought much of it. And so we just started taking pictures of each other. It's actually on our honeymoon we had this little point and shoot camera and we just took pictures of each other for like a whole day, just like setting <laughs> stuff up. And like I love that. Doing <laughs> photo shoots of each other, which was so silly, but um, we just fell in love with shooting photos. And so we ended awesome. up buying a better camera. And then a friend of ours, um, a friend of mine actually from childhood on up was like, Hey, you have a camera. Can you shoot my wedding? And we're like, what? <laughs> so yeah, so we shot, we go. Yeah, we shot their wedding. And um, it turned out like amazing. And I loved it. And Jordan loved it. We had so much fun. They loved their photos. And I mean, obviously, I look back and I'm like, Oh, wow, like I learned a lot since then. But I'm still really <laughs> proud of that because we stepped out and did something scary and, and it really was like a defining moment for us. And we kind of just looked at each other yeah. afterwards and we were like, this is what I want to do. And wow. so, um, yeah, so we started pursuing it and we got some gear and we basically were shooting weddings for like $300 <laughs> just trying oh to gosh. get yeah. stuff and doing a bunch of shoots for free. And after... I would say probably a year and a half to two years of doing that. Um, I ended up going full time and that wow. in itself was really scary. Um, I oh, wanted I to for a long time and just was too scared to let go of my job, even though I really hated my job <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and I felt so miserable. And the only thing that kept me going was my lunch breaks when I could edit photos and um where did you work hold on where did you work I worked at a chiropractic office oh (laughs) ironically okay Uh, Okay. yeah which was what I had wanted to do at the time and I had plans to go to chiropractic school and it was while working there that I was like nope this isn't it and I'm all for chiropractic care all of that but it was just very clear that it was like nope this isn't the right time um and I actually ended up getting fired from that job (laughs) Um, what were you editing photos no I don't even know why I just wasn't it wasn't a great fit they weren't really going anywhere I think they were kind of like I don't know but um 
That worked it's out. The only, <laughs> yeah, it's the only job I've ever gotten fired from. Wow, and it was crazy. like so I was so humiliated and Aww. it was just like because I have just hold myself to too high a standard and always like beat myself up when I fail and and I just mm. failed at this, but it was like this moment of grief. But then it was like the very next moment, the Lord was like, there, now you can do what I've called you to do. And I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> because I had yeah. refused to give up the security of my paycheck to do what I knew I was supposed to do. And mm. um, so it was just kind of this wake up call of God just going, all right, if you're not going to do it, then I'll do it for you. And I immediately like jumped into doing wedding um, photography full time and it was great. Like our business just grew so quickly and God just blessed it and it was amazing and so much fun. And I think, um, yeah, I think the, the idea that you're taking what, was kind of a hobby and turning it into a business. Like sometimes it will have moments where it does feel like work. But I think like maybe it's just because I came from a job that I really had a hard time in. Um, But I just loved it. Like I really loved um, working with clients. And of course we had some clients that were terrible and um, <laughs> were very rare, very, very rare. But there were clients that would make me cry that were oh not my kind. Um, what? That's crazy. <laughs> but even with, yeah, exactly. But even through all of that, um, I don't know. I just I don't think I've ever lost the the gratitude of that. And I hmm. have never had a job that I didn't get tired of. Um, until Mm. I started doing photography and, um, yeah, so I don't know, of course there's elements I don't love. I really hate taxes. (laughs) I really, I I really don't like tracking all my receipts and expenses. I'm like, can I just, uh, just have someone else do this part? Um, you know, writing up contracts and stuff. It's not my favorite, but it's definitely (laughs) just part of it. And so, um, yeah, so it just is what it is. And I guess, I don't know. I've never, I've never gotten to a point where I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to do it anymore. It's not fun. And it's not what I love. Cause it really is mm. what I love. So yeah. yeah. I mean, there's I been that. shoots, there's been shoots where I'm like, <laughs> why did I say yes to this? <laughs> but that's just discerning which oh, shoot gosh. to say yes to and which to oh, say no to. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just picture those like awkward like glamour photos when you say that. <laughs> like Napoleon Dynamite status. I don't oh know why. My, my mind went there. I just yes. <laughs> I yeah, I've never done photos oh like my... that, but now I want to. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well we'll connect. We'll do it. I'll do a shoot like that for you. <laughs> yes. I won't even have to tease my hair. So yes. It'll just be as is. <laughs> oh Lord. I love that. Um speaking of kind of I want to bounce off that. Yeah. So I feel like in this season, and I know a lot of people are struggling, but there's other seasons too in the past that have been hard. And basically as a creative, I feel like there's like creative highs and then there's creative lows, there's ruts, there's like dry seasons. How do you navigate those? Like, I personally feel like this season's a little bit harder just because, you know, (laughs) we're 
there's all these rules where, you know, there's this fear, there's all these unknowns and it's a hard time. And I just have to tell myself, okay, if like, if you can do this one thing, even though it's totally not even cool or something like it's creative and yeah. if you can do this, like that's your victory for today. I'm just curious, what is your advice and encouragement to people who are stuck and what does a victory look like for you as a creative in those seasons? Yeah, that's such a good question. Because honestly, it's one that I've really kind of been wrestling through in this season as well. Because right. I think, I think um, at least for me, and I think for a lot of other people too, but I think creativity is really healing um, yeah. for the soul. And so yeah. um, I think honestly, because there have been lots of seasons where I haven't felt okay with creating or, or even driven or um, inspired at all. Um, mm-hmm. And some of those seasons I need to be better at just forcing myself to do something um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, whether it's just kind of starting to create until I feel inspired and just kind of stirring that up in myself Um, but I've also learned to stop beating myself up about it when I am kind of in a creative rut. And this is something my dad and I actually talked about recently. And he really kind of just said, you know, you hold yourself to such a high standard that you beat yourself up for things that are just not that important. And it was really Mm. eye opening for me. Um, and I think it really, it's so true. And I, I've always done that. I don't know why I have uh, a lot of perfectionism mindset in my head (laughs) for myself. Mm -hmm. And it can be a little bit crippling sometimes because I won't Mm -hmm. even start things if I don't think I can be good at them sometimes. Um, yeah, so I've started to kind of give myself grace and honestly, their last year for, probably I would say a good six month chunk, I didn't create anything. And I, I kind of just was so dried up and um, just felt really, really exhausted by some things that I had gone through and, and was still going through and, um, you know, the loss of family members and friends moving away Mm -hmm. and just some things that I just needed to grieve and, kind of get through. And I just felt this sense of the Holy Spirit just saying, it's okay. You don't need to create right now. You just need to heal and just be for a Mm -hmm. while. Like your value is not tied to what you create. And Mm -hmm. I think that um, a lot of times I will tie it subconsciously tie my own worth or my own value to what I create as if Mm -hmm. that was me. But it's not, you know, what we create is an extension of who we are, but it has nothing to do with our value. And if we create to create value in ourselves, then we're just going to be disappointed because we're not going to really be able to create to our potential when we create from a place of already being valued and understanding Mm -hmm. our value. I think that's when you can create some really, really beautiful stuff because, you're not creating out of insecurity, you're creating out of a sense of worth and value. So I guess I've just learned to kind of give myself grace in those seasons and kind of ask myself mm. some questions like, 
hey, why, why am I not inspired right now? What, what is it that I kind of need to grieve or what is it that I need to, um, work on or, or what is it that I need to just learn to kind of rest? Or for me, this is a big one. What distraction do I need to let go of so that my mind can actually be fresh to create? Because I can get pretty hung up on just being distracted. Um, Same. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. I'm kind of an all or nothing person. So when I'm into something, (laughs) I'm fully there. And so if I get distracted, I'm fully in that. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Multitasking's hard. Yeah. It's like kind of impossible. (laughs) Yeah. It totally is. So it's pretty jarring to be like taken out of something sometimes. Yeah, I don't know no, if that totally. makes sense. It was long-winded. No, Sorry. it makes it to- no, it totally makes sense, and I, I appreciate that perspective. And I think it's so true that honestly, the biggest thing stopping us from creating sometimes is the voice that's saying it's not going to be that good. Yeah, or someone else has already done it. You shouldn't try it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's those voices and and those moments. It, I think it is so important to push through and create. But on the other side of things, there are times where you just need to heal mm-hmm. instead of you know, push through and just stop. And, um, you know, maybe in prayer, it's not like, Oh, God, I need you to do this, this, and this, I need to be able to create this and that and all that. It's just being still before him and just hearing him, yeah. you know, it's, you know, the balance between pushing through and pausing. So yeah. I love that I really do. Um, on that topic, during this season again I keep referring to this time but you totally know what I mean yeah. it's just a weird kind of time it's weird. the day the days are weird and I every day I'm like what day is it and like some days I'm like wait it's not Sunday it's Tuesday right. oh my lord <laughs> like this is gonna be a long week yeah um but what are some tips like and you can be as specific as you want I'm kind of hoping for some really random specific okay. like um but like what are some little tips or things that you've done just to stay creative each day. Oh yeah, that's good. Um, I honestly, I would say the number one thing is going on walks by myself with no music. Okay. And no, um, like leaving my phone at home and I just walk around my neighborhood, um, by myself and that it just allows me the space to just think um or maybe Hmm. to just not think um yeah to have quiet and honestly it's in those moments that I just am able to to be totally filled with awe that the leaves are coming in on the trees or that flowers are pushing up out of the ground and Hmm. um I have an eye for seeing beauty but I think sometimes just the daily um mundane things that we do every day they kind of can cloud that vision and so when I get out Mm. and just walk I really get inspired by just beautiful things um and I know like this sounds weird but I no it probably doesn't (laughs) a few weeks ago no it will um a few weeks ago I um it was kind of like foggy cloudy morning and there's a cemetery not far from my house (laughs) Okay, I it's weird so much but already I, <laughs> no I love <laughs> I went for a walk in the cemetery by myself and it was Ooh, yes it was like so beautiful and it was hazy and it's a really beautiful it just looks like a park um yeah I've, I've seen it it's yeah beautiful. it's really pretty and so I know this sounds so weird I'm such an Enneagram 4 that a cemetery doesn't bother <laughs> me 
but um <laughs> i i just walked and i i thought about all of these people and the lives that they must have lived and like looked at the dates wow. on there and that was just really inspiring to me honestly and i sat down by this old tree and just kind of stared out cuz it overlooks the whole valley and so i stared out over the valley it was just really peaceful for me I, I love um, that no it's that's totally yeah beautiful. so that's might sound weird to some people I know my husband would be like that is so creepy um <laughs> <Jordan>. <laughs> yeah he's like okay you're weird but um yeah but I don't know that for me like whatever that looks like for you it's easy to social mm-hmm. distance in a cemetery there's not a lot of people there <laughs> that are gonna that's, be bothered that's very true <laughs> yes um so, yeah, so I would say just being outside, honestly, if that looks like going for a mm. hike or going fishing or whatever, get outside, get out of your house. I think fresh air yeah. and physical activity is hugely inspiring. So I would say that first. Yeah. But um, I love that. Yeah, I think That's awesome. I think otherwise, like do something that you wouldn't normally do that maybe you're not good Ooh, at. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So and the. I think um, one thing that's really healthy for me is to create something that I know I'm not going to share because it's if I create something that I know I'm like going to put on a platform, then I'll create a specific way um, and mm. it kind of limits what I'm going to create because I know kind of what that platform looks like or kind of what the voice of it is um, and it kind of puts it in a box, which sometimes is really healthy for creating um, but then sometimes mm-hmm. I just go, oh, hey, I'm going to write something or maybe I'm going to paint because I am not a painter. Um, and <laughs> so I just sit down and start painting. I'm like, no one will ever see this, but it's very therapeutic. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe I'll write some poetry that I'm like, I'll probably never share this. But just that idea of I'll never share this takes all of the pressure off. It takes all of yeah. the um worrying what people are going to think about and I like even just recently I wrote this piece um and it's called like the cosmic girl and it's literally so weird (laughs) and it's so (laughs) I love weird so (laughs) I mean I I ended up loving it I probably will share it eventually when it's finished but it's like it's super random you know talking about like moon dust and stardust and it's very (laughs) abstract but just taking that that um pressure off myself to create something for an audience really helped so Mm. I think that helps if you create um for work or for maybe a social media platform that's specifically designed for something so those I guess those would be my two biggest tips that's those are great tips absolutely for sure um I think I like what you're talking about and I want to ask you a bit more about yeah. this because it's something that I feel like I'm constantly going back and forth I feel like it's almost like a like a teeter-totter what is it like a seesaw or yeah whatever people call them it's like one moment you're like oh I'm so confident in my creating and nothing anyone says could change right. that and the likes don't matter and who cares and the next moment it's like oh my gosh like no one no one's responding about this is it weird is it yeah. good so like when you're creating and putting stuff out whether it's for work or not, um, do you ever not get nervous? <laughs> like, does it ever kind of go away? Is it ever, um, you know, like it feels, I feel like creating sometimes is so sacred yeah. and so special, but like you might feel called to put it out. Maybe it is one of those things you were talking about, but it's something a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so what is that? What is that like? Is it, does it get easier? Does it not? I think it does. Um, I think there's some things that I'm just really confident in just because of time put into it. Um, yeah. And I think like with my wedding photography or portrait photography, I I don't actually get nervous about that anymore. Um, I know yeah. I did for a time and there was a time early on where I, I really cared about especially my peers commenting on it, other photographers mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and there was a time where I really compared myself and it was just really rough for me. And I came to a place where I just felt Holy Spirit saying like, you need to stop looking at everyone else's work and just do what I've called you to do. And so yeah. I completely stopped following all of my friends' blogs, all of the photographers I oh, looked wow. up to. Um, and I I didn't look at any of their work for probably a couple years because I, I just needed to focus on being confident in my own eye. And I think it really helped mm-hmm. me to not copy anyone else because I did for a while there. And I think you kind of start wow. that way and that teaches you a lot um, trying to um, – kind of do what you see other people doing. Um, But once you've kind of done all of that, you'll start to feel what fits you and what feels right. Um, Because some of it will feel like, you know, like clothes that don't fit right. You know, it just it doesn't quite it's not you. It's not your voice, you know, so I think it takes time. Yeah. Yeah, it takes time to find your voice. And I think once you find it, and you feel confident in it, you start to get less nervous about those things, I think. Um, Mm. Because I'll find even still in certain avenues of creativity that I don't feel super confident um, that I've found that voice in those things, I still find that I'll get really nervous about those things. Um, Sometimes it's in writing. Sometimes it's in like videos or that kind of thing. Um, that maybe I'm not quite as confident in, or even photos that aren't in my genre of photography, of portraits and weddings and that kind of stuff. So, you know, doing something different can feel a little bit insecure. But I think think repetition helps a lot. Um, Not that there won't be times, you know, that you'll be nervous, because you will. And I think a lot of that is we put, like I said before, we put Um, all of ourselves into what we do as artists and so sometimes it can feel like people are either accepting or rejecting you as a person based on how they respond to your art oh that totally is yeah (laughs) and that's an absolute lie it is not the truth but it is what we all feel and what we all believe and I think there's seasons where we feel that more and maybe mm-hmm. uh, when we're more stressed out or, or we're neglecting maybe our own emotional or soul health a little bit, that can get even worse. But I think yeah. like you have to create from a place of value and identity and that and, and when you start to do that, I think it helps a lot. But I still I still get nervous with some things and there's definitely a lot of things is usually with my writing where I'll be like, uh, I don't think I'm going to share this. I don't think it's ready yet. Or people are (laughs) going to think this is so weird, but usually if I am brave enough to put it out there and I think people are going to think this is so weird because it's really abstract. Usually those are the pieces that people like the most. 
Um, so I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think you have to be, there's a huge amount of bravery that goes into being creative because you really are, you know, especially I think, um, I think any, any creativity, I find it most in writing because I feel like that's most, Mm -hmm. um, the most raw vulnerable place of who I am is when I write. And so I think that can, can feel a little bit like you're opening up your heart and just saying, here you go. <laughs> Look. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's so true. And so your poetry, are you, what does that look like for you right now? Are you still working on that? Yeah, a little bit here and there. I haven't been yeah. pushing myself too hard. Um, and I, I want to do more, but I've kind of, you know, with everything going on, um, I with the kids and everything here all the time and trying to work and trying to be a teacher (laughs) it's definitely gotten pushed back um on the back burner a little bit but I have Mm -hmm. written a few new pieces during this so I'm just trying to kind of play with that and and kind of perfect some things that I can that I can put out there I guess so it's it's slow but it's happening (laughs) I love that no it's it's so I love that it's flow and that it's not one, you know, one, two, three, four processes, yeah. you know, in different seasons, it looks different. And I think that's something that we can all accept and know that it's totally okay. Yeah. Um, I follow your account and I Thanks. love it. So I love, I think writing is so, it's so vulnerable and it's so yeah. true. It's, you know, your pen to paper and that's, it's your heart, yeah. you know, and it's like chicken scratch on there. I mean, it's, it's so vulnerable. So I, I love that you're sharing that and that that's a platform that you're using. Oh, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so one more question I believe that I have is kind of talking about um, what you were saying earlier is like when I'm used to talking about when I'm creating for like other people or stuff I know I'm going to put out, I do it a little bit differently. And so I feel like, and this is so silly, so I'm just going to say it. No. So like, <laughs> this is like, you're going to be like, Who no. Are you? So I, I'm very active on, I love TikTok. I think it's such a fun creative yeah. platform. Okay. So, <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, I'm like, oh, like this would probably get more likes because it's relevant to the people on this right. app, but this, is, but not necessarily relevant to me. Do you ever feel that way? Like in your work, do you feel like, and is creatives in general, do you feel like is it a, you know, push and pull type of thing? Or do you really encourage people to always stay true to like who you are? Or like, obviously, if you're getting paid to do it, it's different. Or have you ever experienced that crossroad? I mean, obviously, it's different. It's like an app of teenagers making videos. (laughs) But like, you know, I think that could apply to real to the real world as well in the creative industry. So what are your thoughts on like, you know, people who say I'll never sell out or anything like that? And is there a balance to that? Yeah, that is seriously such a good question. I love this question because I think that it's it's not black or white. Um, mm. But I think honestly, like, I think we all come into it, especially when we're really young and we come into this kind of newfound passion for this creative outlet and we're all like, oh my gosh, like I'm so authentic and I am never going to sell out and this is just like my <laughs> voice and it's, you know, it's very like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little bit like this big, I don't even know. I think we get a little bit romanticized about it. <laughs> just a little. 
no, I totally I feel did. that. No, I yeah. totally did. Even yeah. even in yeah. the wedding industry, and I know um, a lot of my friends because the wedding industry in in Seattle. I don't know if it's still like this because I am doing more commercial work than weddings now. But um, back when I first started, it was like this really tight knit group, and we're all such good friends, and we're all kind of like that, like we're just going to stay true to ourselves and, you know, all this stuff, which is yeah. great because you always should. But um, when it comes to working, so I'll speak first to working with a client or doing creative work because that is definitely very different. But this is truly a lesson I had to learn. Um, even in that industry, I really wanted to stay authentic. And I still think you always should kind of stay authentic to your voice. But if your client comes to you and says, I really want this photo, or I really love this idea, you have to kind of go, okay, like you're paying me a lot of money to do this. And if you want one photo (laughs) that I wouldn't normally take, it's not selling out to let you have that because this is your wedding ultimately. So I think in Mm. that aspect, when you are creating for um, a client, specifically for that kind of thing, there is a lot of empathy that comes into it and go, okay, if this was my wedding, I'd be kind of upset if my photographer was like, oh no, like what you want, it's just not me. Like, well, you know what? It's It's not not about you. (laughs) I hired you to do a job. So um, yeah, obviously like most of my clients hired me because of my voice and hired me because of what I do and the work that I produce. So I don't get that very often. Um, And if I Mm, do, it's usually with clients who's like mom hired me or, you know, someone else hired me. Yeah. So, but if it's a client that I've really taken the time to get to know and to educate, it's, it's not usually like that. But that being said, there's always going to be those moments where you're like, Hey, we have to kind of be, you know, empathetic to this, you know, this reality that we are doing work for someone else. Um, Mm -hmm. And then on like a professional level where you're doing more commercial work and all of that, um, because Jordan and I both do a lot of commercial work. And so there are a lot of times where you don't have the freedom to just do your voice. You're literally getting paid to do what the client wants. And you'll send them something Mm -hmm. that you absolutely love and you're so proud of. And they'll just be like, okay, yeah, but can we change this, this, and this? And then you end up giving them a final product that they love, but you hate, (laughs) but they're happy with it and you got paid. And so I would say you have to pick your projects and, and your work should not be that. (laughs) Um, you should obviously always start with your voice and start with being true to yourself in your work because usually people hire you for that um but don't don't feel like you're selling out if you need to make adjustments that you don't necessarily like just to make your client happy um so in the work realm that is not selling out that is being a good business person because if you are difficult Mm -hmm. to work with guess what? That person's going to tell the next person that's their friend who owns a business not to use you because you're a pain in the butt to work with. Um, or you had right. a bad <laughs> attitude or maybe you bad mouth them on Twitter or whatever. Um, cause I've seen that surprisingly. I know some people might be surprised Twitter? by that, but yes, I've seen people, you know, bad oh, mouth clients or, 
you know, kind of complain and I kind of go, hey, like, what if they're on here? And what if you just really offended them? And, you know, so just being careful with that, because I think we can let pride get in the way for sure. Um, And yeah, Yeah. just detaching your your self-worth from that, because those people aren't paying you to to um, be some version of yourself that you feel like you need to live up to. They're paying you to do a job. So when it comes Mm -hmm. to work, I would say that when it comes to something fun and, um, you know, whether it's with TikTok or Instagram or, you know, if you're doing paintings for a gallery or, you know, you're writing slam poetry to perform, you know, at open mic nights, whatever it is, I think um, you obviously you have to look at your goals, I guess, you know, I think, I don't think that it's Mm -hmm. inauthentic to say my goal is to be a big performer. And so I will play to my crowd and give them what they want in order to reach the goal. I don't think that's selling out. Mm -hmm. That's not my personality. My, you know, as, um, and I talk about the Enneagram a lot as an Enneagram for like authenticity <laughs> is very important to me. So for me personally, yeah. like I, I would never do that, but I don't look down on someone who does mm-hmm. because if they're, if their drive is to reach this goal and that's how they're going to get there, then they're being authentic to themselves, whether they're, you know, mm-hmm. truly creating art from their heart or not, they're still creating um, for a purpose and for a, an ends and, you know, means to an end. So I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think we can get overly critical of people who create. And I think that's honestly just not a healthy place to be. Like if you're, if you're sitting around criticizing other people for selling out, then you're probably not doing anything or maybe you're, you know, maybe you're ultimately like not happy with where you are. Cause there's no reason to criticize other people if you feel pretty content with where you're at. I think, I don't know. Yeah. I love that answer. No, I, that's so great. And so encouraging. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, okay. I want to end it on like a happier or yeah. a fun question. Not saying that wasn't <laughs> happy, but like a fun little question. Um, this is just randomly came to my mind. What is a project that you can look back on, whether it's from a month ago or whatever, a year ago, what is a project or something you worked on that you were proud of? Mm, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, man, I think I honestly, I think I have written a couple of little pieces that I really like during this um, time of quarantine and that I really like. Um, gosh, I I don't know. I guess I could say those or um, – Man, that's a good question. It's it's hard one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know it's probably hard to talk yeah. about, but I, I I don't know. I'm curious to hear why, you know, like why is it something that you're proud of? Was there some kind of obstacle or, you know, a different kind of perspective you put on something? Yeah, or... I think, okay, so I think um, this one piece that I wrote, um, I got this random idea in my head because I obviously I'm wearing a lot of cozy clothes. <laughs> during this quarantine oh girl yes, I'm living in sweatpants is, I'm washing only yep, sweatpants, sweatpants <laughs> yoga pants sweatshirts you know cozy things oh, all day yeah. every day so um I just got this random idea in my head um 
and sometimes words will just kind of come to me like that. I'll just kind of be like staring out in space and get this idea. And I got these words in my head and it was just wrap yourself around me like my favorite sweater, only better, so much better. And I, I was like, Oh, I need to like do something with that. And so I did. And I wrote this kind of first little um, chunk of it. And I was like, okay, I like that, but it needs to go more, you know, it needs to go somewhere else. And so then I just kind of added to it and it kind of created this journey and it was really fun. And I think, yeah, I I think I'm proud of it probably because it's different from what I normally write. Um, and I, Mm. for a long time, I only wrote stuff for church when I was like asked Mm. to write something for church and I didn't really use that gift for kind of my own like amusement (laughs) and maybe thought of it as like, I don't know, maybe like not meant to be used for that, but that's ridiculous. Um, but I think sometimes growing up in the church, we think like, oh, these gifts, they have to be used specifically for the name of Jesus. Otherwise they're not bringing glory to God, which is absolute crap. That's such a real, but that's such a real thing that a lot of people battle, especially if you've been in ministry your whole life. Like I have, um, it's, it's definitely a lie that you have to combat. And so I think I'm really proud of it because I know that it brings glory to God, even though it honestly had nothing to do with him. (laughs) Um, as far as like, (laughs) it doesn't speak directly to his name. Um, but I know that it Mm. brings him glory because, I use the gift that he gave me to write something that made me happy and brought joy. And I know that that brings joy to the heart of God. And this just kind of brings up another thought that I had. Um, Jordan and I were were at Disneyland in February, like right before all of this hit. And um, we're walking around Disneyland. And I just remember like being, we were in Louisiana Square, which is besides Galaxy's Edge is my favorite part of Disneyland. Oh, I and so, so yeah, oh, I'm obsessed. I could just talk a whole podcast episode about Disneyland. Oh, I, I honestly am denying <laughs> yes. the churros as we speak, <laughs> which I mean brings me to think about your guys' whole churro thing. That yes. I will, that's a whole different story, but that okay, is we'll tell this after right? really quick. <laughs> okay, you have, okay to tell, I know. you have to tell me your perspective on it, but um, yeah, okay. so my I just remember like looking at Jordan and just being like. I don't care what anyone says, like, this brings glory to God. Like, Disneyland makes the heart of God so happy. And I was like, you know why? It's because a bunch of people, whether they know him or not, whether they meant to bring him glory or not, they are using the gifts that he gave them to create something that is so utterly imaginative and creative and beautiful and brings people joy. I was like, this brings glory to God. This just makes God's heart happy. And I, I honestly think that that's so true when we use our gifts, whether it's, you know, specifically to tell people about him or not, it brings him glory. And I just love that. And I think that that's kind of an encouraging thought. I, that's such a that's such a truth that yeah. needs to be spoken more. So I really appreciate you saying that. I love that. Yeah. So, so tell much, me about but... the church. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or tell so the people what they want to hear. I see... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, people. <laughs> okay. So this 
true thing. So I see on Instagram that um, McKibbins are in yes. Disneyland. Okay. <laughs> and I see Jordan posting about his churro thing. And he's like, well, churros are expensive. And, you know, and you oh, brought yeah. your kids, the, right? Yes. This is the time your so kids we were. So okay. we went two weeks so apart. So you bring your kids. And the first time we brought the kids and we were going to do two days. And then we kind of looked at each other and said, no, let's come back in two weeks and come just the two of us. <laughs> So we ended up taking the kids yes. for one day and then coming back two weeks later, just the two of us. <laughs> hey, that's yes. the way to do it. I don't have kids, but <laughs> when I do, that would yes. be what we do. Um, but I see like pictures of like the beautiful background of Disney and you're like, oh yes, this is going to be such a, you know, aesthetically pleasing <laughs> picture. But then you see this like soggy, like, <laughs> like, like churro that like doesn't look like Disney quality and you see him talking about how he bought churros <laughs> from Costco put them in his backpack and is looking for some way to heat them up to re like recalibrate or like create this like false reality that they're Disney yeah. churros and like Julian is saying like oh just put go in there's like a mother's room you can put them in the microwave they used to warm the bottles and I'm like this is is this really happening like I thought it was actually fake but I come to hear that that's it was real true, and I just want to hear did you did you have no, a say in this or what? absolutely <laughs> not I would never <laughs> my husband oh, is my as thrifty as they get he yeah he does yeah, not he, <laughs> he does not like to spend money so yeah he um yes he bought what I probably seven churros from Costco. I think he spent like $14 or something. I don't know how much they are. Something like that. Um, because churros yeah. at Disneyland are like four fifty to like $8, depending on what you get on them. So yeah, yeah. If you get the different I mean, sauce or something. <laughs> let's be honest. My kids didn't know the difference. They were, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. they were Great. happy because they were eating churros in line before Disneyland open at seven thirty in the morning for breakfast. So, um, and they oh, were we soggy go. and they were disgusting. But that's yeah. He he admits now it was not it was not his, his best thrifty idea. I get, gotta give him props though because yeah, your kids probably were like, hey, this is sugar. <laughs> like I don't even care. I just think it's that is probably one of the funniest things I've <laughs> seen as a parent being frugal and and yeah. <laughs> trying to you know kind of hide the truth. That's yeah. so funny. I I love that story. <laughs> That's totally it. us. Yes, Thank you we for definitely that. pack a oh. lunch. We don't. You know, we'll do when it's just the two of us. We'll do one meal at Disneyland, and then he of oh, course sure. gets a lot of snacks. <laughs> because yeah he does yeah. like the churros but yeah when when the kids are there it it adds up quick so oh yeah because kids see something you're like I need that and you're like oh yes. no you don't and then <laughs> they really think they need it and then you're like well this crying and this, this yeah. you know whole thing like they just need it and I need it at this point so that they're okay and yeah no I totally I've been in Disneyland with uh kids a couple times and I I didn't realize <laughs> how it went like again and I love the kids, all the kids I've been with at Disneyland. I've actually been with a few because I go yeah. with families a lot. And it's just funny to see how, like, I remember as a kid just being like, oh, I need right. that. <laughs> and it just, like, is in your brain. So, hey, 
parenting one-on-one guys <laughs> that's, that's a little that's a little advice you get for free yeah. to put in your back pocket. yeah don't do it that's the advice yeah. don't buy costumes <laughs> you're supposed to take they're not good the next day <laughs> we actually oh, had well. friends you know. cash up us money to buy our kids real churros <laughs> oh that, those are friends those are ride or die those are the real sure. friends right there the real heroes <laughs> saving oh, our kids from jordan's God. thriftiness <laughs> God bless. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for just taking time to share your heart and to let me ask you some yes. questions and um, just hear your heart. It's I I'm encouraged. Seriously, literally after this, I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something. <laughs> I'm gonna draw on a piece of paper or something. I feel awesome. very creatively inspired. So I appreciate. Oh, well, I do this. I do this thing where I close my eyes and scribble on a paper, and then I open my eyes and I may have. That's amazing. It's this weird thing I'm doing. I love that. (laughs) It's but no one understands. Like my roommate was like, "I heard you laughing so hard. What do you?" I'm like, "I was um, (laughs) I was creating characters from scribbles. You wouldn't understand." (laughs) And she's like, "Oh my gosh!" So you know, we gotta do what you gotta do. But thank you. I so appreciate you and your voice in my life and in this podcast thank you thanks again for listening if you like the podcast you can subscribe rate and follow me on instagram at the honey creative and be sure to follow ashley at ashley marie graham